0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we, we are now live. No more bad language, Michael. Um it's all right. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for joining us this evening for the True Crime Podcasters Roundtable. We're going to be here for an hour. Loads of true crime chats. going to be loads and loads of fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Please post any questions at all in the chat. So I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host. Firstly, Paul, the true crime enthusiast host. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul.
3: Nice to be here with you.
2: And secondly, it's the birthday boy himself from Murder Mall. It's Mike.
4: Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. Thank you. How
0: was your birthday? <laughs> dude, creeper, How you
4: it, huh? it has been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. It's been amazing. It's been amazing.
2: Great stuff. I mean, I mean, your 60s is a great decade, Mike. So you just keep enjoying yourself.
4: How dare
2: you? Although I feel 60, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> but well, but going down a bit a, a few decades from you, Mike. I'm delighted that we're joined today from by Stuart from British Murders. Welcome, Stuart.
0: Hello, thanks for having me. So you're pointing yeah. in the completely wrong direction for me, Mike. Yeah, you're oh, cruising. is it? Oh shit. <laughs> you're pointing at the chat.
2: Um, I was trying to be good. Oh, okay. You're that way. Right. That's it. That's and well. then finally, unfortunately, Mark couldn't make it. So tonight we've got Bethan from Seeing Red. Hi, Bethan. Hello. <laughs> so to kick off the show tonight, Bethan first of all and then Stuart, they bought a topic that we don't know about. And we're going to take a few minutes to talk about it. So Bethan, over to you.
1: Thank you. So I wanted to ask the group about how you juggle your normal lives with your shows. So when you feel like you need a break, do you specifically plan these in and then you just have to work around the show? Or do you take your breaks when you need to? Because these are free shows, but people join in week after week. I quite often see on social media people saying, Oh, where were you this week? Or why is the episode late? And Whilst they obviously they are free shows, people do expect them and they do come to expect that, especially when you have a a real routine of producing the shows and releasing those episodes. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to know how do you juggle that and how do you ensure that it doesn't take over everything?
2: Well, that's a really good question. Stuart, you've got a young a young child as well. What what's yeah. your experience?
0: Uh well, luckily enough I managed to reduced my hours at work last August. So now I've got two days of the week dedicated to do the pod. Yay, yippee. Before that, it was evening recordings, weekend recordings, every minute of the day, writing, researching, neglecting family time. So my solution is to cut down your hours. <laughs> Obviously, if it's doable. In all seriousness, it's you have to be careful doing... In every waking hour of every waking day. Like, I don't like the idea of missing a week for that reason, Bethan, is that people expect it. It's at that point now when your show gets to a certain level and you've got an audience of a certain level, you, missing a week could be disastrous, is an overstatement, but it could be, it could negatively impact it, I suppose. But you don't want to take away why you're doing the pod, the enjoyment of doing the pod, to think, shit, I'm just going to whip any old chai out this week. Just to make sure I got an episode, because that's that's not benefiting anyone. I don't think.
2: Mm. That's a good point. What about you, Paul? How do you find it?
3: Well, I can pretty much echo what Stuart says there, apart from the reducing hours. I I wish I could, but I just can't. Very lucky. Very lucky. I think when you when you do shows like we do, and they've got to be factually spot on, and it takes the research is just out this world, isn't it? And I think I'm being great danger of burning myself out with it so as bethan said before i think i think it's important to take breaks when you feel that you need them and in your listeners when you get to a certain stage your listeners are very understanding absolutely wonderful and they they do appreciate that so much goes into doing shows like this that you, you can't just tune it out like some sort of sausage maker you know you try to be a you you supposed to be popular. Do you know what I mean? No, you can't just... It's the binge culture that we have today. They want 600 episodes to listen to one after another, and you just you can't do that in a week. So you've got to be patient, and they've got to understand that you do have a life as well. Yeah, so, so I, I take breaks whenever I need to. Yeah, definitely.
4: A life? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? You you always... you I've for about seven decades, oh,
3: Mike.
4: Do you know what? Because I'm... I've never missed a day in six and a half years at all. I've never, never been late by a second. And I think because I'm intensely paranoid—did you notice that? I'm paranoid. Um, I, I factor in episodes in advance. So, be, like things have happened during the podcast when I've been putting out the podcast, that uh, uh, you know, mum dying and things like that. But I still didn't miss a day because I, I put in emergency episodes. So I pre-plan for eventualities. Like already for this summer. I've got three episodes ready to go. I've got some backup mini episodes. So I'm the same. It's like, I, I know that the audience will be very sympathetic. They'll be like, don't worry, you don't have to do another episode. But because I want to do another episode, I've got backups ready to go. So it's just the way I deal with it. Good wow.
2: all prize. Bethany, are you and Mark that organised?
1: We're not. And that does put us to shame a little bit because even when, so twice now I've, been off the show for having a child and he's then taken on the show for a few months just himself and the first time round, we were not prepared enough but we didn't really Mark also didn't really prepare himself for because unlike you guys we we share the load so we can do things together and he does the editing I we both I do the social media and he just wasn't kind of ready for all of that then second time round, we thought right we're gonna I, I got together five episodes. We were we're going to record these. And then life then got in the way of all that as well. And we still didn't do it. So, um, yeah, we're just not, we're not as good. But we, I don't know, we do try to make sure that even if one of us can't do something that week, one of us would do it. Um, but, yeah, we we tend to just take a little bit of a break if we need to. Or we kind of say to each other, end of season in two weeks time. Soldier on until then. Because we uh, do the seasons quite strictly.
4: How do you find doing those solo episodes when, you, when you've got to go solo?
1: It's so weird. I genuinely feel like I'm talking to, because <laughs> cause we talk to each other, I find myself having conversations with the audience as if they're going to even answer me. And it's very, very weird. Sorry, my cat is really, <laughs> really excited to knock my wine over my computer.
3: Um.
1: Yeah, I, I find it really weird. I end up talking, and you know that when you leave a voicemail and you just babble? That's me on a solo show, just nattering on. It's awful. <laughs> People don't like them.
0: <laughs> but it, it right. feels nice, doesn't it? It feels nice to just do the natter.
1: Mm-hmm. It's cathartic. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, have to
0: pretend, you have to pretend you are talking to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And that you want them to engage with you. But, not just the audience, Stuart, just one person, right? Well, yeah. Whoever's listening.
2: Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't
0: know about you, I, I always think it's just one person. Because if you start thinking of, oh, I
2: audience, don't, no, no, no. I think it's completely
0: different. I think it depends. I'm... It's like I've I've got a handful, handful, two handfuls of like really dedicated listeners who I know will engage. So maybe I just visualize them. I don't know. I just naked? audience in general.
1: <laughs> always visualize everyone naked,
0: Mike. Always naked. <laughs> but as as far as planning ahead, mate, I I've not even chosen this week's episode yet, and it comes out on Thursday, so. That's how far ahead I am.
2: Well, what about you, Paul? You you've moved house recently, as have I. We both, we all know what a nightmare that is. Oh, how did you cope during that period?
3: Chaotic. To be honest with you, I put the show on hold for a few weeks. I thought I needed to. I couldn't. I couldn't do it to the standards that I'm that I like to do it to myself. In that time, it wasn't possible, and I wasn't. It sounds a bit dramatic. I wasn't in the right frame of mind to do it. I, my head was going in hundred different directions. As I, I, you, you know, you moved countries as well as houses. <laughs> Good riddance. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, no, so no. It goes back to the the original thing I said before. I, I'm disciplined enough to know that I needed that time. Get myself straight. Get my setup here that I am. It's still a right mess, but. So, but I've got my space now and yeah, I, I couldn't have done it in in that time. It's too, no, it's too much. You've got to be kind to yourself. No.
2: What about you, Adam? Yeah. Uh, so, I, since I started my podcast, so I'm not asked for a sympathy vote here. My mum has died, my sister has died, my dog has died. Um, and I actually find podcasting, I said this in my interview with you, and we discussed it a few weeks ago just for Christmas. Um, I, I find it's a really good anchor in my life. Um, and I really enjoy it, and it gives you that certainty. Because sometimes, it's like in life, I'm sure everyone here listening is the same, sometimes things are going on around you, and it gets chaotic, and you start almost doubting what's going on, what's important to you. And I find it a really positive thing. I It, it then becomes even more important to me. Does that mm-hmm. resonates? Joe, sure, sure, it's yeah. weird.
4: I, I've had a day off today. I, d- I don't normally have a day off, and I think it's because I love what I do and I love being busy, and I can't cope with. Everyone who knows me knows that I can't not do anything, so I have to be busy. So today has been a real crazy one because I've been lying on the sofa, and my brain's going, "You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be enjoying yourself." You're still you guilty for it, Mark. There. I really yeah. do. I really do. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, so you just beat me to saying that, Stu. Because um, I was going to say, do you you feel guilty when you're not head deep in, oh, words in the world, Don't you? You know. It's...
4: But that's the thing. Yeah. I think if if you love what you do, then you you do it whenever you can do it, don't you? you? You you want to dive back in because it's it's the thing you love the most. Whereas, I think if we didn't love
0: what we did, we wouldn't do it. Especially relying right. on yourself as well. Obviously, Beth, and you've got Mark as well, but you're still kind of if you don't do it. Nothing's getting published, you know.
1: Mm.
0: So I, I think, think if sometimes... you spend a couple of hours watching a film. You're like, I should really be writing.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I think sometimes we we put that pressure, don't we? Of, mm. but what if? And actually, would it be the end of the world if you had a a week off? Probably not. But at mm. the same time, that passion then throw like really does go through for your listeners, and they appreciate that because. Mm. I'm sure they then realise, actually, do you know what, they sound rough or they've just put that this is a pre-recorded episode from before for that very reason.
4: It's interesting. I I only used to do my breaks in January when I'm researching. But what I've realised now is that the audience needs a break as well. Like yeah. if they've got you
2: Is that, that just me, Mike, or just
4: generally? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, I I think I think it's nice for them to take a break away and then they, when you come back, they they're like, Oh yeah, I remember why I like that show, mm-hmm. or in my case, hate. <laughs> yeah.
2: You don't, be, I mean, you
3: don't point, want to be don't be a soap. You don't want to be a soap opera, do you? Yeah. Mm, no. Exactly.
2: Because yeah. I, I see it. I'm sure you're doing social media. I see a podcast say sorry guys um terrible life events have happened we won't be here for a week it's uh, it's it's difficult but no I think I think we're all roughly on the same page aren't we Bethan does that answer your question
1: it does thank you I'll be honest bye
2: Bye. enjoy your wine thank you (laughs) let's go on to Stuart Stuart what have you got for us
0: Pretty annoyed that Befford went first because it's pretty much the same que- same question reword. We had that last week. That was on- uncanny. <laughs> it's
1: it kind, of, it's not kind of different. The same question. All
0: right then. All right. Just a yours, final yours, point to yours. yours
1: Yours flows really nicely from from mine. To be okay. fair, yours is going to
0: like be better. is going to be better. I'd like to ask did. the audience if it will. let come on.
1: I just what? wrote notes to remember.
0: <laughs> just one final point, though. I would be concerned if I missed a week that that had turned into two, that had turned into a month. Oh, this week off's been great. I'd just wait another week, and then I'd worry mm. not to get back into it. My question is more around contingency plans, but not for life events. It's for a situation Paul and I had recently where I said I were covering a case, and he'd also planned to do same case. Round about the same week, I think, won it, Paul, a few months back. Well, yeah, so,
3: well,
0: I, yeah, yeah, well, so, yeah. So, 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 luckily, he's he's more planned than me. He had a few, he'd let me do it. <laughs> I would have done it anyway, of course. But my question really is: Do you ever check to see who's done a case similar recently, or do you just go out there and risk it for a biscuit?
2: Well, no. shall I? Let me go first, just briefly. When I first started, again, about wishing to replicate our interview shirt. I actually blocked They Walk Among Us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I didn't want them to copy my cases and vice versa. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. And nowadays, we just do it for the right reasons, I think. Mike, what do you think?
4: Do you know what? This is weird. Uh, me and Adam both released almost the same episode on the same week as well. And Paul released an episode uh a week before I did it, and I'd already written and edited it, and I had to save it for three years to leave a <laughs> bit of a gap. So, y- you know what it does. head was but... three years. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting on it for so long. But I think, I think I, yeah, I think, I think the thing is, even if all five of us—I had to count then because I'm old—I think even if all five of us were to tell the same story, it would still be a different
0: story. Yeah, because we've all yeah, got our own tones and yeah. There's been times, like I remember Jenny from It's Murder Up North, she was doing a series on uh, The Executioner, I forget his name. The famous Airpoint. Guy. That's it. yeah. She was doing a series on him, but then she did a series on, um, God, my memory's shite. Him from 10 Litton Place. Oh, John Reginald Christie. Christie, yeah. And I was going to do him for an end of season special, but she was in the middle of like a six part series that she's no doubt worked really, really hard on. So I just thought mm. I'll just do I'll just do that in a, a different end of season special and do something else. Just thought, wow Can't
4: be a bit of reg.
0: I don't know, yeah, what a crazy guy. Yeah. What
3: about you, Paul? Do you check oh,
0: it out yeah.
3: or not? Yeah, I cer- I certainly look at all of your shows and they Walk Among Us, maybe a couple of others from the UK to see who's listening <clears> <throat> <clears throat> is also a good uh, search engine as well. But, um, what, about, what about me and Bethan? Oh, that's why. That's why I'm in class all of you guys. Always look like what are you done that week? And, um, yeah, yeah, it, and it's it's worked. It's it's been pretty good in the see, in the years we've all been doing this, and most of us have been doing it for five years plus now, haven't we? I don't know how long you've been doing it, Stuart. Have you?
0: Okay. Uh, about 2020, December 2020. So
3: three years, three four years. You know, so we're all established on it. There's not that many instances where we overlap in tales, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there, am, don't there is at all not at all and that, that's why we we all tend to try and stay away from the big none of us will cover the west or Sutcliffe or anything like that you know it's i have i, I sorry i yeah, i know i've seen you have i'm sure uh, i have you know, i mean i mean <laughs> I only type, for an end
0: of season one
3: i mean that type of big headline grabbing case you know because what new you bring to the table when you do that but we tend to find, and I personally think they're more interesting anyway, the tales that you have to dig out. Like Mike. More rewarding,
0: isn't it? I think. Yeah,
3: it's certainly. And Mike's show, you know, he spends most of his life in the archives and finds tales that are unbelievable. It always sticks in my mind that the show from uh, the tale you told from our live show, Mike, about the guy with the pool ball. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, that, and that priest. Great stories, you know. So that's I think
4: that's because. I think that's because I set myself the goal of only having a small remit of a small part of West London. And because I knew that if I gave myself too much space, I I wouldn't go searching. But now I'm like, at the start, I was like, I hope there's enough cases for a podcast. And now I'm just like, there's hundreds that I've never covered. And it makes, I think that's why I'm still excited because every week I find a new case and I go, I never knew anything
2: about this. And that just keeps me going. Do do, do you know, Mike, I stay clear of West London because of you. Because I know if I go to West London, I'm going to try and nick your research, right? Because I know you do the best research out there. And I also know that you leave little clues in the research that would show you that I've nicked your research, right? I I
4: put in security features. So because a lot of people nick my research and a lot of the big podcasts have nicked my research as well. So I deliberately put in security features that only I know exist. And I, I put in little tantalizing little things, which... I'm not going to say what I do or how I do it, but they they pick up on them and they use them and then they deny that they've nicked my research, but they have.
3: You're part of your lunatic, really, aren't you, Mike?
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's good fun, it's good fun. (laughs) What about you, Bethan? What are your thoughts?
1: I don't mind if we do the same cases, I'll be honest. I think I don't look, I don't look and check because... If I've written the case, I'm going to be presenting it in my style anyway. The facts aren't going to change, but how I tell the story, the way I describe things is going to be different. Um, Back when we first started one of your episodes, Mike, I'd listened to whilst I was researching the Denmark place fire. Oh, yeah. but, But I literally said whilst describing, you know, I listened to this great podcast. I remember so vividly. It was one of the first episodes of yours I heard where you had the crackling of the fire. And as I was walking to work, I just literally was like, wow. Because I just think we're all going to talk talk about similar things. Um, Adam, we re- you recently did a... Well, probably not recently, probably a year ago. But there was an episode that, again, we'd covered quite early on. And it's going to happen. But I think just be honest. If you've heard a show, just say, you know, I heard a great show. Name check that show. Why not? Because as long as you're not literally writing down what mike says and then reading it word for word
3: yeah
1: but some of your research was to listen to something or listening to something piqued your interest and you wanted to know it more i just don't see that there's any harm in in it but i do agree i think if if i saw that all four of you shows had covered one specific case what new am i going to bring i wouldn't then choose to cover it if i'd already written it screw you I'm, i'm reading it <laughs> the, danger,
3: the danger you have as well is because it takes so much effort and work to make one of these episodes right. If one of us has covered it two, three weeks before, yeah. and we tend to share the same listeners, mm. they're going to look at it and think, I've just heard that. It's like watching a film uh, and then watching the same film a week later. You know, you're not going gonna...
1: to get that. But I do think that we, we share a lot of the same listeners, and I'm lucky that I've got some of you guys listening. You guys obviously got huge listeners sort of basis but i do think that the people who listen to the shows and not all of them they have a reason don't they then they they like your way of describing things they probably listen to you rather than to me and mark because mark's going to tell someone to fuck off so it's kind (laughs) of i don't know like it i do think that it would be told differently still
2: well Stuart, what about you has anyone ever told you that you've been nicking their story no, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
4: the, the reason why we brought you here today honestly, is the because...
0: last... <laughs> I know, yeah. We yeah. the, la- the, the last... It sounds daft, but the last thing I would use is another podcast for research, personally, because mm. they've gone into the effort of finding the information themselves. That's what I'm going to do. It's like, you know, people sag off Wikipedia for correct reasons but there's there is actually a reference list on wikipedia for some of the stuff so it's Mm -hmm. the same principle in that you would go to the the references within an article rather than use the the blank article Mm -hmm. if that makes sense it's the same when i've finished researching a show the last thing i want to do is watch another documentary about it because i'll miss Mm -hmm. something and it'll piss me off and i can't change it once it's done i'm not going back and doing it so that once once i've done a case it's done it's Mm -hmm. in the past
4: I made a big mistake when I was doing the the Camden Ripper series I did, and I used all the original mental health records for that. And partway through, I thought, there's a documentary about him, just a one-hour one. I thought, I'll watch that. <laughs> uh, the writer who I know um, got the name of one of the victims wrong, and I was so incensed, I, I couldn't watch any more. I was like, I'm not going to watch anything about the Camden Ripper ever again. And that was on telly,
2: so um, you can't opinion. trust sources. Hearing you hear the use the name Camden Ripper brings us nicely it's a wonderful segue to our next section. Over to you, Mike. Welcome, Camden Ripper. Should we be using the word Ripper? See, that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's these
4: titles are created by journalists, tabloid journalists to kind of lure us in, and uh, names like you know uh, the Yorkshire Ripper. The victims' families find it deeply offensive. Like they get really upset about the fact that he's called the Ripper and then we still use that title too. It's quite offensive. So should we be using it given the fact, should we be using it given the fact that it offends people or is it part of the culture? Therefore it's okay to use it. What do you think?
0: Well, I went to a panel a few months ago and Richard McCann was on there. Um, obviously his, his mum was, I think the first victim of Peter Sutcliffe and he's the same. He wouldn't even say the word Ripper on stage. And he, apparently the recent drama that came out about Sutcliffe, I forget what it was called, if anyone can remind Long me. Long Shadow. That's yeah. it, yeah. Well, apparently it was going to be called The Yorkshire Ripper. Even after they spoke to him and he said, do not call it that or I'll have fuck all to do with it. They were still going to call it The Yorkshire Ripper, but they finally changed it to The Long Shadow. So I think when you start going to conferences and that, and you speak to the the family members or the friends of people who have been killed, if you're covering murder, then you realise that these names are a bit inappropriate. I mean, if you go right back to my first few seasons, I named my episodes after the perpetrators, including the the monikers that they were given. I've since progressed now to make it more victim-focused. But rather than go back and change it, I like people to go with me on that journey, you know? But I I think we should not be using it and promoting it personally. What about you, Bethan? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that there's not many instances where someone being offended by something should make any difference to your life because people can be offended and that's absolutely valid however in this instance I think that is a totally valid thing to then stop using and stop you know bringing to the table because of all the people who are going to be offended by something I'm I'm willing to change how I speak about something when it's the victims of a crime and I think that that is absolutely fair thing to stop doing however it's very difficult when you're in the business of sharing stories where that's what the media called that person that's how the media described them what can you do you can't not use that you can't not use the quotes and you can't it's just that I hope that as society kind of develops and and gets nicer and better if it ever will, but hopefully our media will start to, to stop glorifying people because I'm sure that's not what they wanted to do. I'm sure they didn't mean to glorify things, but that's what it's done. And it was all to sell papers before. Whereas I suppose we don't have that as much. You're going to get your news sources wherever you, you don't have to go and purchase that one specific paper. Um, it would just be, yeah, it would be nice if society could kind of follow that trend of let's focus on those victims and their stories
2: that's a really a point paul you've covered some horrible stories with some real monikers
1: how'd how, how you handle this
3: well I, I mean where i record now i'm looking at framed um a, a framed information sheet when, when Sutcliffe was at large one went to every home in the north of england and i've got an original one in a frame and it's blazoned help us catch the ripper and that's from the 70s obviously that's the and it's terribly worded it it actually says in one part his original targets were prostitutes but innocent girls have died also <laughs> totally awful way of describing something that they never would do now but the ripper it, it sells papers because it's a catchy it's a catchy name but then because it's a catchy name, can it also help police detect someone like that because it's that much more in the public conscious? Do you know what I mean?
1: And maybe so, it encourages people to be more fearful and therefore, in you know, at that point they were trying to make sure that women didn't walk on the streets on their own and that sort of thing. Maybe using a name like The Ripper, that's scary. That's going to get people to listen. Yeah.
4: It's, it's also factually inaccurate, though,
1: mm-hmm. when
4: you think about it. Like with the Yorkshire Ripper, he should really be the Yorkshire Bludgeoner. Yeah. Camden Ripper, he really mm-hmm. used it for mutilation. I think so. Uh, one of the people on, on the chat here was talking about the Ipswich Ripper, and actually yeah, he well, was a strangler. So it's, it's a sensationalist moniker,
0: but it doesn't hark back to
4: the truth. And that's so There not... was the
0: guy in prison as well that they called a, uh, the cannibal, right? But he, he never ate anyone. I can't remember who. the only Oh, serial yeah, Robert. Killer who, yeah, became a serial killer in prison, the, the only person. Robert. Robert Maudsley. No. Maudsley, that's him, yeah. yeah. That's him, yeah.
1: He did pull someone's yeah. eye out with a fork, I feel like. So it became. Did he? Yeah, the, the way, I, I think it
0: was It was prison rumors, I think, it's rumors from so the inmates saying, oh, I've oh, seen cool. him eating it, you know, and all this. And yeah, it's more right. arms
3: and legs being added onto that story. The
0: oh, years. yeah. Mm-hmm. is there not a, a worry as well so let's say for example they call someone the, the wherever strangler is there not a concern then that the, the killer could see that and change their MO yeah mm-hmm. quite dangerous if you think about yeah. it that way mm-hmm. I, I, I suppose my concern is
2: and we've all had this New Year's Day um, I was up really early 6 o'clock and I got an email that morning from um, the victim of somebody I'd spoken about the week before my case um, and she said that I, 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 my treatment of her sister was the best she'd seen. Now, if I titled that, in the tabloids, it was like um, prostitutes slain in caravan of death, right? And I think I called my mind something like, I don't know, The Grass Verge. It was something really bland. And it's what you, going back to what you said earlier, Stuart, when I started, I didn't get this. I would use all the same stuff. I'd use the word prostitute. I'd be, I'd, I'd be looking back. It's so embarrassing how insensitive I was. And I think our job as podcasters, we've of course we've got to tell the story, but we can take out the tabloid crap, can't we? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think
3: the the worst example of it I can think off the top of my head, mm. apart the Ripper, is there was a killer in London in the 1990s, Colin Ireland, who killed. Yeah. Five, yeah. six, amen. Yeah. And the Sun newspaper, awful shit rag of a paper that you didn't in touch, labelled him the fairy liquidator. Which is, I mean, cool. how, how how abhorrent is that? Mm-hmm. You know, just, Jesus. That's the yeah. sun, of it, though, isn't it?
2: Wow, that is just so shocking. I mean, this, this, even on my Facebook group, by the way, we're talking about banning any links to Sun headlines. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just so bad, isn't it? It's just outrageous. Beautiful.
0: I think, would yeah, you ever you... be tempted to go back? Sorry, Mike. Would you ever be tempted to go back and change that, Adam? Or are you quite happy for just seeing a comment about the, from Karen about evolution of the style? So I think leaving all your, not you personally, but our flaws and our naivete from the start. I think leaving that in gives a better audience journey. Personally, I
2: agree, I agree yeah. entirely. Yeah. And I, I do see people. Re, what do they call it? Re, uh, remastering it, whatever they call it. Yeah, re-recording I mean, it and all that. Be it's, it's, it's gone, isn't it? It's how we were then. It's it's what we've learned from it. If we were still, if one of us was still doing the same things now, then it's a very serious matter, isn't yeah. it? That's it was a yardstick, isn't it? also if you if you were to go back and start
4: redoing that like i re-recorded some of my early ones and then i thought i could really do with redoing the next 200 because it's like you you can't help but see mistakes can you or or things that you just go god that's shit i did <laughs> recently um... <laughs> what was that sorry
2: i said you got a life yeah we had you barely um, well, sorry about even, of course, but yeah, anyway, so Beth and Carrie, got on.
1: No, that's okay. I was gonna say we I recently did do that um purely because I'd covered an episode, I think it was maybe my fifth or sixth episode. So it was really early days. And I genuinely didn't even didn't even cross my mind that you can't trust the media. So I took all my information from the news reports from the time did the episode and ever since then it has been that one case that everyone has kept saying to me that is not true that is not true it's miscarriage of justice blah 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 so I went back and I revisited it but I have left we have left that episode up I'm not going to shy away from that but what I would hope that somebody would do is that they would if they're searching for that case specifically they're going to see that there's two we've revisited it five years later and I've been really honest in the rewriting of it I mean at one point I'd literally said they came from Scotland and that was as far as I went because at the beginning it didn't seem as important. There, It was more sensationalised and it was more, oh my gosh, look what happened to this. And actually, I don't know if it's miscarriage of justice. I'm, To be honest, I do sway more towards the fact that perhaps this person did not do what they're in prison for. But I tried to then be so much more fair with my retelling. But I think it would be quite disingenuous to remove that first episode and try and erase that and pretend that this is how I've always presented it because actually I did just believe the media and I did just report on here's what I've read done this time round. I got so much more information and I feel like it was a much better done piece of work really and I I do think my scripts as investigating and that's Yours, Mike. When I think of your research that you do, as kind of just incredible, I can't sit there and go through the archives. But I was just so much more proud of that. But I thought I can't get rid of that previous one, even if I'd quite like to. It
2: is, it is. I mean, for all of us. It's our work, and we are judged on the the content we provide. But one point you mentioned there that I'd really like to talk about now, Bethan, you talk about the media. Paul, you're going to bring up a case now. I mean, the media has been full of this case, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, so the topic I've chosen for this one's time is the case of Brianna Gray, which obviously you must have all heard of. Absolutely shocking crime. Specifically, though, I personally was impressed that the killers have been named because I believe that there should be be none of this hiding away child X or girl Y or anything like that. And I wanted to put out there what you guys think about the naming of... um, perpetrators
0: under the, eight, the age of 18. I'll go it's first, if you don't mind. Yeah. yeah. So, I recently had uh, Dr. Shaham Das on my show, who is a forensic psychiatrist. And we kind of covered this topic. He is of the opinion that anyone above the age of 14, I don't know if this is a legal thing, I forget, but if you're above 14, you're classed as, you know what you're doing when it comes to yeah. violence and crime and murder and stuff. So, therefore, those kids, they were 15, right, I think? With Brianna Gray, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, it fits it. It's a difficult one when it's under that age. I'm not using that as a benchmark. I'm just saying that's what he said. But I, I agree with naming him. If you've done something as abhorrent as that, I think you're kind of fair game to be named. Uh, i I don't
4: know the case so so why did the judge make the decision to name them
3: it's pure purely for for the, the shocking um the the, the 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 violence used in the crime i think uh, they've got quite hefty sentences for the the two sort of i don't i don't want to say children because these people have become monsters but for two children um i was fair play to the judge for lifting all reporting restrictions naming them both and people might say well it brings flack on my family and they might be targeted do you know what right if you don't want your family to suffer don't do something like that it's completely simple and i don't have any sympathy sympathy comes between shit and syphilis
4: (laughs) you can put that on the (laughs) t-shirt
3: That's going on your birthday cake next year, mate. <laughs> hey, shit. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Or syphilis. So you choose. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. No, it's, it's, it's,
4: it's a sexual contact of some kind.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> I do agree because we, I'm <laughs> glad in Brianna Jai's case that this was definitely, they were named. We, Me and Mark have just recorded an episode where. Two two of the kind of people involved were not named. They were fourteen and fifteen. Unlike Brianna's killers, these people were practically groomed and and definitely influenced by someone else. And I feel like in Brianna's case, these these evil people were. It doesn't matter how old they were, what they chose to do, they knew they were choosing to do something that was so wrong. I always find it really fascinating though when. You hear what the judge's reasoning is for that. This was so premeditated um, and they just had no remorse. They they clearly didn't give a shit. They clearly wanted to do this. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure there was an, a few different people. If it hadn't have been Brianna, it would have been someone else. And that's the really horrible thing with these people is that if they hadn't have killed her... Some they would have killed someone else, they, they had,
3: had a murder they they had
2: had in them, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- no Bethan, we got, so, so we got a question from H Keaton here. What are your thoughts? Are either parents guardians of perpetrators who are children?
1: It's a really tricky one because as a parent, you you never want to think ever that your child could do something that bad. And I just I don't know I have a lot of judgment for the parents when pe- when people turn out like this when children especially when they're still children because if it's an adult child and they've been away from the home you can kind of see that other influences perhaps are at play but when they're still ch- children I do have a lot of judgment for the parents and I feel like what 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 were you doing why did you not notice that there was something surely you would notice something about your child is evil, but who knows? It, I feel like with the Brianna Jade case, though, there is a lot about one of the perpetrator's family and, and whether or not the rumours, it's social media, there's rumours everywhere, but about one of their fathers, and it's really tricky because actually perhaps they haven't come from good families.
0: On the summit what? in America recently, sorry, but... So, Where yeah. the parents have been, I think there was a a school shooter in America recently, and the parents got sent down.
3: They've they've, they've been um, charged, yeah. believe, with,
0: oh, charged, bail, yeah, bail
3: to stop him doing it.
0: Because mm, didn't Good. He, he wanted I to? Kind of, I think, think that's great. He wanted to miss school or something, or and they cancelled and they, they forced him to go to school that day or something like that. And and they've been held to account by all. But oh, they didn't
3: force him to go to school with a fucking assault rifle, did they? That's true. Mm.
1: But then, if you know that your child has some sort of issue against school and you know that they, you, you know, you know your children, don't you?
2: D- do you though, Bethan? That's Era. the question. Yeah, well, that, is that is it. Mike, what are your thoughts?
4: <sighs> it's a hard one, isn't it? It's, um... do you know, if if you think about it, a child is the product of their parents and basically everything that goes into their brains, especially so early in life, like you, your personality is developed up until the age of seven. If you think about it, you spent most of your time with your parents. So you could say, you know, good parents create good children, and bad parents create bad children, but there's always going to be that overlap, isn't there? There's always going to be something where you, you could be a good parent, but you could be too good. Like, as we see with a lot of serial killers, you know, sometimes they have good parents, but the parent can be too too affectionate or not mm-hmm. affectionate enough, or sometimes there's an accident, and or, or sometimes there's something at school, a little bit of trauma that, that develops into something that's unresolved. So I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to pin down exactly what it is here. But clearly with this case, there was no remorse in any of those kids at all. So I guess the judge did the right thing.
2: Yeah. Um what what about the naming them? What do you think of that? Is for the point we had um, on the chat? Is it when people want to do this for the publicity? Stuart, what do you think? They wanna they want to kill for publicity. They they're nothing, and yet they want to be somebody. And so, murder is a way to achieve that.
0: I don't know. I honestly don't know. Is do you think that's why these these kids do it? Do you think that's is it for fame? Is it? on the back of a dare had they, they have mental health problems do they are they being neglected you know kids sometimes act out because they get no good reinforcement the only way to get attention is through bad reinforcement murder being the epitome of ultra bad of course it's got a very that, there's got to be more to it than just wanting to be famous or infamous
4: and and simple things like not being taught right from wrong which you know as, no as a kid
0: perhaps you know
4: totally like as a kid you know my granddad always taught us about uh please and thank you so simple things like when I get off a bus I always say thank you driver and quite a few mm. of my mates are like going why are you saying thank you driver he's being paid to do a job and it's like no I was raised properly to say <laughs> thank you to everyone so right, Paul. I think yeah thank you Paul <laughs>
2: That's
1: good. it is interesting because um having young children something I learned with parenting is that children toddlers brains light up for any attention they get whether that's good or bad it doesn't matter so you could tell a toddler off and be really cross with them and all they know is that they got a reaction for whatever they did so one of the the parenting things is praise all the good and react to all the good and then try and move away from the bad and and try obviously you still have to some things are no that's easier hard.
0: said than done it is, that, and it, it is, yeah. that. and
1: sometimes <laughs> you have to just stop but yeah. but it's kind of that thing have their brains just not developed from mm. from this toddler thing of i'm getting some sort of validation i am a person and i'm get, do they just not have friends who tell them nice th- i just, It's too much but i do think it's right to name them because they're not going to get anything good out of that. They're going to get infamy, but it's nothing good. They're not going to, they might get some creepy prison marriage, but that's always weird. It's not a nice <laughs> one. Do, 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 do you know, it's funny you say that.
2: So, two things to me. Firstly, as a parent, um, you know, you can do all the right things, but you can't control your children in the end. They do what the hell yeah. they want. Yeah. You can know, be you, the best parent in the world. You can the try. And it's true, it's really, really sad. And the second thing I can't remember, so I'm going to go back to you, Paul, and ask mm-hmm. you something, because I can't remember what I was going to say. Okay, so,
3: so, so it goes back to, to the, these youths. It, it, it strikes me as well. Are they influenced by the massive popularity of things now like Dharma on Netflix or that documentary series, Don't Fuck With Cats? Being, wow, everybody on the earth on my level, is talking about this. I wouldn't be that person that they're talking about, and they they, they purely do do it for fame, like that. Mm-hmm.
4: Is is there also a disconnect between television and reality as well? Yeah, I yeah, it's a big chunk. Especially with it must it must be really hard. Like I'm I'm saying this as an old person, but today being a kid growing up, surround being bombarded by all this media and all this attention, and we've gone away from. TV being distance and now anyone can be a celebrity anyone like right now we're on YouTube in front of an audience or you know it, it must be really hard to be a kid and not not mm. appreciate reality and uh, what's the opposite of reality
1: non
0: reality fantasy <laughs> <laughs> that's it thank you
1: it's true though cuz my my little nephew he's only little and then he'll be playing games and whilst he's playing he'll be saying things like Like and subscribe to my channel. (laughs) Click the like button. As he's playing with toys, he's not recording anything. He's but Mm. but they're just they're just given this to yeah.
0: That's TV for them though, isn't it? YouTube, like Mm -hmm. group watching stuff like uh, what's them bloody aliens?
1: Motivator, as Mike was saying,
0: you know that show where the the the, it's like Claymation and it's them. Oh, the Clangers. Yeah, the Clangers. Yeah, growing up with stuff like that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mister Motivator on the morning. You only had. Well, you probably had one channel when you were growing up, Mike, but I had like four <laughs> and then five. <laughs> and now it's like YouTube is TV, right? And every single YouTube yeah. has got this yeah. quick attention span, quick subscribe now, so like, 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 mm. TikTok, five seconds. No, don't like it, don't like it, don't like yeah. it, don't like it. On,
4: on, on a side topic, I think that's re- going to be a real downside for the future is the fact that we kind of grew up with documentaries like half an hour, an hour, and kids are now getting their sound bites. Information really cool. through sound bites, and it's not through reliable sources. It's like I saw a guy the other day who was a news guy, and he's like, he's a fetus given the news, and he's like, "Yeah, guys, so yeah, this, the economy, economy, it's bad." And it was, I was like, "Oh my god, that's
1: not the truth." It's true.
3: It is true it's he true.
1: He was a Tory minister.
0: it's reaction videos that tickle me. People that react. Oh. <sighs> someone else's heart oh i hate
1: content.
0: that oh. bigger...
1: i don't understand That's
0: that should, <laughs> we, should we just rea- should we just reaction video adam at the
4: moment
3: one of, <laughs> one of the weirdest things on youtube that I, that I found it popular now is and it's we we just had one come to where i work the past few weeks are these online auditors we ever come across these people yeah, yeah. Like, Who will get film premises from
0: Cycling Mikey.
3: You seen him, when, yeah, and when someone comes up and challenges them, they'll say, oh, no, I'm just coming here, mate. I'm allowed to try and provoke an argument because it makes for a better film. You yeah. know, it's... I'm
1: glad I'm not on TikTok because I could not be dealing with watching all this stuff.
2: It's hard work. Just oh. well, 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 let's go on to something much more worthy. Pitchfork. Colin Pitchfork. I'm mm-hmm. I mean, getting it spacious. So... <clears throat> I am anti-prison, okay? I'm anti-prison. We've got way too many people in prisons. And on my Facebook group, everyone says, no, no, we should build more prisons. I mean, for people that have caused, done fraud, look, if you go to for fraud, okay, my view is rather than go to five years in prison, give them 12 years in the community, cleaning up all the crap around the verges and things. Give them double the sentence. Unless that person is going to hurt me, you, or our families... Don't send them to prison is my view, and then we get to Colin Pitchfork. Rehabilitation, okay, that's what it's all about, isn't it? What's what it should be about. But my goodness me, we're not seriously considering him to be on parole, are we? Are we? Tried that,
3: didn't work, did it? Nearly forty years to try and rehabilitate him, and yeah. it. that didn't work, did really. it? So I'm not, not. How long for... was it out for? Two weeks or something? couple of years back 2021 um, i think it was. not
0: one was it months and he had i, I think, think. It, he had the most conditions that anyone's ever had on parole as well and it, it still only lasted about two weeks. week
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah i don't so, think he did anything technically i don't think he did anything but he was acting pretty sus so they brought him in as a preventative measure from memory yeah so
1: it's so
4: like be glitter you know, isn't
0: it Mm. Gary Gary Glitter lasted
4: what was it a week before he was arrested with a laptop and his his lad in his hand. Yes, yeah. okay. but I think that's the thing that if if you go into prison, it's like for some people you just locked up. There is no real uh, rehabilitation, is there? there no. There's no money to do it. There, there's money to lock people up, but there's no money to kind of educate people, or, or even better, educate <laughs> I, them I, I, before they go in.
2: But Let me interrupt you. The reason why there's no money for rehabilitation is we send so many people to prison who shouldn't be anywhere near prison, they should be in the community. Mm -hmm. All these hard pressed people in the prisons have got no time to rehabilitate anyone, have they?
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, as they say, like, um, they, they did a trial ages ago about getting prisoners outside, getting them doing litter picking, but the problem is you need so many kind of people to keep an eye on them, that actually it wasn't cost effective. And as you know, it's all about money, isn't it? It's all about yeah. like the basic prison meal. Isn't it like 59p per person? And you look at that and you just think, well, how can they, if they come from impoverished backgrounds where they're malnourished, how are they going to get all the nutrients into their brain to be educated? They're just, it's not going to work, is it? It's, it's, it's a flawed system.
3: Mm. Yeah. Bethany, I mean, what do you I mean, think? Yeah, it's a necessary system for people like Pitchfork. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to do something with them, haven't
1: you? And this is exactly it. I think that I saw a a great little thing that was trying to teach young people um, how instead of going into gangs, for example, it said something along, and I'm going to be paraphrasing awfully, but it was basically, if you can run a gang, you could run a business. If you can calculate the weight of your drugs, you could calculate these figures for this company. You could do something really valuable with your life. So why not? Because i i saw your i saw the post on your Facebook. I think it was Adam recently, which was, you know, um, all these rich people didn't buy coffees every day. Have you also heard of committing major fraud? Why not use these people who've got these skills? They are really clever people. We quite often say, don't we? If, if only they'd use their their intellect to do some good. They could have made the world a better place, but instead they've gone and done something horrible. Why not? Yes, there should be a punishment element because you need to have a deterrent. So picking litter at the side of the road or or community service or something that this person does not want to do, absolutely. But why not try and get them to utilise their skills? And I think you're 100% right. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Adam, that if there were less people in prison, the people who needed to be away from me and my family are locked away there's the money to then focus on them and the other people who are not in prison but are doing community service are then actually help using their intellect to do some good in the world and maybe that person who has committed fraud could then help a company to do better legally it could all actually tie in really nicely but how are we ever going to do that because everybody who's already in prison is already in prison and they're not going to just suddenly say, well, where do we draw the line? Because who can make that choice? And I do I, agree. There's, there's too many people in prison. and there's not a deterrent,
0: people. I don't think. It's not a deterrent. Like Bob says in the chat, drugs pays more than being an accountant. Plus, with the cost of living, you could apply your skills to being the best accountant in England and still struggle to pay your mortgage and live week to week. Or you could do drugs, earn money. You get sent down, all your mates are in there. You've got three meals a day, an exercise yard. Come back out, repeat. I work for a bank from a proper job, and we see people getting defrauded, people committing money laundering, fine, all this kind of stuff all the time. If it's under a certain amount, the, the police generally aren't asked. It's not worth mm-hmm. chasing. So there's no yeah. deterrent there anyway. You can just get away with it. So, we well, there was
4: a, um, a judge in, uh, I think it was Arizona. This was about 10, 15 years ago. And, and she was the same. She was fed up with people having to go to prison for really minor offenses, like you know shoplifting and shit like that. And she, she agreed, less people in prison. So um, I think a guy had stolen something from like a mini mart or something. And she said, okay, you have a choice. Uh, either I'm going to send you to prison for a week, or you can stand outside the mini mart where you stole from with a sign on saying, I stole from this mini-mart. And the guy was like, yeah, I'll stand outside the mini-mart. What a piece of piss. I'll just have a a great time. And he said, just from the reactions of people looking at him, people who knew him, seeing the sign, he said he felt so ashamed. He would rather go to prison. But it did stop him from, well, as far as the report went, it stopped him from stealing for the next couple of weeks. I don't know after after that, because they didn't report it. But... Do you know, there's something in shame as opposed to being sent to prison.
1: Which yeah. can sometimes have a bit of glory if you're yeah. in a, a gang situation or in, in some sort of situation like that, that can be a badge of honour. Whereas actually that is that is shameful because that old lady that glared at you knew your mum or something like yeah. that. Mm.
2: What What do you think, Paul? What's your view on all this?
3: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. Yeah, that, that, that What Mike's just described there... It, that means a much better way for something like that. You know, I always think, for example, say anybody who defaces a war memorial or something like that, don't don't find them, take them to an old people's home and make them explain to the residents what they've done and why they've done it and be admonished by them. That's a much more effective punishment, that is. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so uh, no, no, that, That's how I feel. I'm with you, Arizona Judge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I do, this kind of goes a little bit back to what we were saying about parenting because I don't know about you guys, um, it didn't happen to me specifically, but to one of my sisters, stole something from a shop. We were all marched back to that ASDA. She had to hand it over to the, the security guard. Probably didn't even care. You know, it's a whatever it was. I think it was a packet of sweets. But that awful shame embarrassment being told you have to now go up and say I'm really sorry I stole this from your shop if you steal again you know that sort of parenting where actually you teach like you said before as well I think it was you might not knowing right and wrong actually teaching right and wrong from the very beginning you wouldn't even need that because I remember that I remember that from my childhood of you do not do that you don't steal from a shop And yeah, I think that parenting element comes back in of, well, how do you teach your children? The
2: best lessons are always learned hard like that, aren't they? Also, I I mean, Bethan, why are you staying from an ASDA shipping a waitress, right? (laughs) I
1: don't even know why we were in there. I mean, maybe we're just there to see how the other half live. You know how it is. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
2: (laughs) Mike.
4: No, no, I I was just saying sometimes, I know know we're saying that. sometimes the onus should be on the parents, but also when you look at it, when you look at at criminals, then you look at their bad parents, you have to look at kind of their parents' parents as well, and you realise that there is a failure all the way through quite often.
1: uh, And also, like Stuart said, the cost of living, someone stealing from something, it could well be that they just genuinely have no other choice.
3: Yeah. I mean, mean, every case is different, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Look at the fact. Life we, is hard, we, isn't it? Oh, goodness me, We're we get the audience uh, <laughs> They're going to be going to bed in tears, aren't they? so let's we've got two and a half minutes left, and as we all know, we can do quite a lot in two and a half minutes, especially you, Mike. Um, Speak for yourself.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: have you got any final thoughts? Let's go to Paul first. Any final thoughts for 20 seconds or so?
3: Um, keep watching our shows and keep joining in every
2: month on Roundtable. Good stuff. How about you, Mike? Anything to add?
1: (laughs) He's cracking. Double
4: Double chocolate muffin. Look at that. And a posh version as well. Nice. This is going to go straight in my face when we get to minute 59 and 50 seconds.
2: Stuart, thanks for joining us this evening. Have you got any um, final comments to make on what you've heard this evening?
0: Uh, no, it's been a pleasure. But there are a couple of questions in the Q&A part of this, just FYI. The first one, what all got you into true crime? Probably my mum because of her interest in it. And the second one probably applies to you guys. Any live shows scheduled this year? Mm, TBC. TBC.
2: Yes, yes, yes. yes. Watch we out for we'll
0: that win. one, I guess. We, have, <laughs>
2: we should we'll do more live shows, shouldn't we? And not letting other organisations mm. take <laughs> up <since laughs> the money. From our live appearances and our work, yeah, exactly,
4: you know exactly. Because we are the content creators,
2: yeah, rather just than the vultures comments.
4: that take the money.
2: Vultures, Mike. That's we, surely too. No, it's not too harsh, is it? that? No. we um, may even
3: have an award. So many of our own.
2: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Watch this space, Bethan. Any final comments? Except for saying Mark to fuck off.
1: Um, just to say thank you for having me because. This is going to sound ridiculously fangirly, but obviously, you, your three shows were the first shows that I listened to back in the day, and when I first not
2: sure it's obviously sure you're not included
0: here, mate. Might as well not be here.
1: I mean, you did already <laughs> tell us you started have, in me and, 2020.
0: Me and so have a, we have um, a big rivalry. We pretend that we're friends, yeah. but we actually hate
1: We're best, besties, but um, it's been really nice to be invited, and I'm glad that I was able to be here and, and chat with you all. And yeah, obviously well, Stuart as well, but you did specifically say you started in 2020. I couldn't go back in time.
2: No,
3: it's been
1: well, oh, what an
2: excuse! Fuck the, 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 the others didn't want you, but despite their concerns, I think you've been okay tonight. Okay.
1: Thank <laughs> you. Maybe I'll <laughs> be allowed to do something once more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I Thanks only joining once as well. I'm quite proud.
2: We're off. We've got to we're go. We're about to run out. See you next month. All right, bye. Good night, guys. Bye. Are we still on?